who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone and welcome to the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fountas and with me today is a guest host although you've been on so many times now you're basically a honorary host is oh is this where i say my name yeah, I never. You're cut. You're no longer on a host. Yes, this is your show. Your day. <laughs> this is Jeff from the Fully Possible Podcast. Although you could call me Eric Sanchez tonight. Okay. Well, you got it. Well, Eric, him and I are going to record. I think on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. It's Tuesday night. Uh, so I wanted to do a bunch of shows this week because we've been off for almost a month. Just with, I was sick and Eric was sick and then he was working and I was working. It's just one of those things. So tearjerker. Anyway, we're we're back. <laughs> What were you going to say? Uh, it's a tearjerker, man. I haven't had a, the pleasure of having your shows because it's usually yeah. like Fridays. You yeah. and Drunk Wrestling History is usually my Friday shows. Yeah. Well, the good news is, is you can listen to yourself talk again this week. And then again on Friday when Eric and I release another show, possibly two, we might double record. We'll see how it goes. Uh, anyway, if this is your first time listening to us and we appreciate that, you can follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast and follow all your favorite podcast apps. Just search a Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast and hit subscribe. We're also on Instagram, PBW underscore podcast. But yeah, just find us on Twitter for all the fun show information. Now, Jeff, when he has guests on, he says, why don't you get your plugs out of the way? But I'm going to plug for him because I'm a professional. You can follow <laughs> Jeff on Twitter at his show's account at Fully Posable and find them on your our favorite podcast apps as well. Just search Fully Posable and they have a show out every Sunday, no matter what, rain or shine, COVID or no COVID, whatever it is, <laughs> they've got shows out. And they're currently almost done with the summer of saying dude love with their guest hosts. Four How's more. that going? Four more people, and then that's going to be it for us. Yeah. So, But, yeah, they've, they're the full wrestling figure podcast. And it's great because there's a bunch of wrestling figure podcasts out there. But as you and Scott like to say, I think it, I'm, I'm a week behind. I'm on the one where Breaker was on with you guys. So I'm like a week behind uh-huh. where you were bullied into bringing back the longest reigning wrestling episodic podcast going today okay so i wouldn't say bullied but a lot of people came to scott's defense because scott called me out on the show and said hey i missed the quote-unquote longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today Mm -hmm. and after scott said that i got text messages and dms and facebook messages that said yeah i actually agree with scott i actually missed that too because i was trying to go away from it but i was also trying to come up with another catchphrase for it but yeah. it, one, I couldn't think of one that just rolled off the tongue such as that. And I mean, oh, go ahead. Do does does Steve Austin come up with a new catchphrase, or is it just and that's the bottom line? You got to stay with the classics. What? Stay with the classics. What? No, that doesn't count. That's gone. <laughs> that one's gone. Just saying. Yes. Stay with the classics. All right. So really quick, this week uh, we're going to talk about a show that I haven't seen in years and when even when i have seen it i realized i really have only seen kind of the highlights the overview the main part of it mm-hmm. it was the main event two which eric and i did the first main event the hogan andre double referee one this is the main event two which is the famous mega powers explosion the first breakup lust in their eyes the whole deal we're going to talk <laughs> all about it uh before we get into that i want to ask you because this is kind of timely with your show and with ours and with a few weeks back with all the announcements so did you pre-order the Mega Powers 2-pack yet? Absolutely. Okay. I, I, I had to. This is this is our nostalgia right here. This is something that, when I say this, the Mega Powers 2-pack from Ringside is just mm-hmm. hitting every nostalgia button with Scott and myself. And then the small detail of the hands coming together to do the Mega Powers handshake, that yeah. was just like the cherry on the top and i i keep saying this each week on the show and scott says it too we don't want to just smack mattel's ass but 
my God, they've just been keeping hitting home runs, you know, since SDCC. Yeah, for sure. And uh, they just announced today AEW Fan Fest for All Out Weekend. So there's going to be a lot of figure reveals with yep. Jazzwear. So we'll, they've got their work cut out for them to keep up with this. I really don't know what they could do. Maybe actually show the Owen Hart figure complete or something like that. But it's going to be uh, interesting to see. Yeah, I'm hoping they show off the new Penta and Phoenix Supreme figures. Um, those Supreme yep. figures are just, man, those things are beautiful too. You know, we're talking about Ultimates over here. We're talking about Mega Powers doing the handshakes, everything like that. But, man, those those Supreme figures that Jazzwares is doing, those are some sick-looking figures. And Supreme does a great job of hiding the extra heads and things like that so you don't have floating heads in the package you know like the haunted mansion or something you've got just the main figure and then all the accessories on the side it was kind of ingenious how they did it yeah the packaging the heads on the side the lower lower torsos the swap Mm -hmm. everything they did with that is a home run it's worth the extra because i think if I'm not mistaken on ringside they're going for about 46 bucks 47 bucks yeah Yeah, around there so Anyways, it's worth every penny. Uh, if you're a huge fan of those wrestlers like a Britt Baker and a Cody Rhodes like myself, I'm going to be jumping on that Cody Rhodes because yeah. of how good it is. But anyways, yeah, I'm excited to show see the Supreme figures, more of them, I should say. Yeah, so we've got living in great times to be collectors and all that. So Yes. Again, this is the main, main point of this show. It's an hour show that was aired on NBC live. This is not Saturday Night's main event. This was a live broadcast, mm-hmm. February 3rd, 1989, mm-hmm. from the Bradley Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yep. So looking it up, 19.9 million viewers. Mm-hmm. So put that in perspective, Raw last night did 2 million. And yep. that was a really big rating for them. Yes. So were you watching, were you and Scott watching at the time? Do you remember this event? Was it appointment television for this type of deal absolutely it was this was yeah. appointment tele i should say any saturday night's main event or um a big event such as this one yeah it was always appointment viewing for scott and i um and we'll kind of jump into this because in order to tell this story we have to kind of go back a little bit and tell the story of the mega powers but right. I-, I remember <laughs> me not having a concept of time when i was younger we were driving up to my aunt's house up mm-hmm. in the up in the hills, up in the woods, all that stuff. Up so this is on the this is in February of eighty nine. Like this is we're, we're back we're back in Northern California at the, you know. Well, I'm gonna go back. You? I'm gonna go back a little bit. So okay, in, in nineteen eighty seven, Macho Man was taken on the Honky Tonk Man for this IC title. Right. I didn't know concept of time at that. I, I'm still inept. So we're going up to our aunt's house, and I said. Mind you, it takes three hours to get up there, but we left at 7 Mm a.m. Saturday night's main event didn't come on till what, 11 p.m., 11.30 or something like that? Yeah, really late. It took the place of SNL a lot of the times. So I kept asking Scott, are we going to make it up to Auntie's house on time to see Saturday night's main event? And Scott's like, dude, it takes three hours. We're going to be up there by 10 a.m. It starts at 11 p.m. I was like. You're what? You're like eight years old then? Nine? Seven. Something like that? Seven. Okay. Okay. And so anyways, I was like, okay, but we're still going to be able to watch Saturday Night's Main Event. But it's funny how that story ties in because that was the formation of the Mega Powers. So anyways, kind of gives a little bit of a backstory of um, anytime there was a Saturday Night's Main Event, a big event, anything like that. It was always appointment viewing. It You had to be in front of the TV. There We had a VCR, but there was no way we were recording it. We had to mm-hmm. be in front of that TV. Yeah, and with the Mega Powers for me, you mentioned that too. So I kind of remember it because I'm like three or four years younger than you. So I kind of remember it. Uh-huh. And it's crazy to look back at this now because as adults, you're like, oh, wow, they're dropping so many hints that Hogan mock show are going to break up. Yes. Like they're smacking you in the face with it. Yep. But as a kid, I'm just like, these are the two biggest good guys and they're friends. And now they're teaming together because I don't know about you. When I was a kid, I just assumed all the good guy wrestlers were friends in real life. Like they traveled together, went to dinner together. So whenever they, whenever they showed up on TV together, it was great. So when I had my toys, my action figures I was playing with, of course, the good guys all teamed up to take on the bad guys. Sometimes you would cross over like, Hogan and Macho would have to team up to take out a G.I. Joe or something like that. You know, <laughs> you never know what you had to do. But looking at this now, especially this show, you're like, oh, wow. 
they're like not just giving you breadcrumbs. They're giving you the whole loaf of bread. Like, this is what's happening. Yep. Please pay attention. Yes. Uh, there, and it was funny, too, because you would pick up on those subtle hints, but it wouldn't register when you were watching right. that whole story play out. Like, mm-hmm. when Hogan put his hand on Elizabeth's ass, you know, it, I think that was SummerSlam, right? Mm, or it might have Survivor, been Sur- it was, Survivor Series. Yeah, it, it was SummerSlam, but I think the look happened at Survivor Series. Okay, okay. Right? So yeah. you didn't think anything of it. You were just thinking, okay, Macho and Hogan just won and they're celebrating. Mm-hmm. and Hogan's just propping up Liz, you know, so, you know, Savage has a good grasp of her, you know, and right. you, those subtle little drops was what made this one of the best stories ever told in WWF. It, it was, it's, it's awesome. And there's people out there that make custom kind of sets of all of the whole storyline with TV tapings and all that. Yes. And if you noticed on Peacock now, they have rivalry section where you can kind of watch the key they have the key events kind of bookmarked for you to watch which is kind of cool where the hell is that i can't find anything on that goddamn <laughs> so with Pe- peacock is weird because oh, yes it's one we were talking about this there's, there's a seasons so i think this is like season five episode two if you want to try to find this event on peacock yes by the way um if you if you're in the because there's the different tabs on peacock now if you stay on all things wwe and just keep going down it will show you relive the beginning and it's like michael's heart austin rock pipe or i'm sorry hogan on macho so just kind of look around for it but okay beggars can't be choosers because there's so much content on there we yes. can never like imagine uh, because before the network how would you have seen this you had to have a boot you'd either have the vhs taped live or a bootleg copy this wasn't released on home video correct you know you saw just the highlights of it which is why i think so many people just have the memories of the highlight points of the show of Macho running into Liz, of them fighting back in the, the medical area. Like, they don't remember the whole show because unless you saw it live, you weren't going to watch it again. People remember Akeem uh, falling th- between the top rope and the second oh, rope, don't they? Well, I'm going to get to that. Oh, I was just oh, like, sorry, I had to rewind it. I was like, <laughs> wait, did I, did I blink? Did, did something just happen? So it's it's, it's great stuff. Uh, let, let's just get into the show now. Okay. Because even though this show itself is only about 45 minutes, there's a lot to talk about on it. And it's Correct. a two mat, literally a two-match show, a one-angle show. And I actually, speaking of bootleg copies, I'm watching... The original broadcast of this I got a while ago, uh-huh. so it has kind of the screw-ups that happened a couple points throughout the show because this was live. This wasn't Saturday Night's main event taping. This was live on NBC, so there's a few screw-ups. Um, before we go live, there are dark matches, and I'm, I'm just got it open on Wikipedia here. I've never seen these, don't know where they were else they were aired. Uh, Andre the Giant beat Jake Roberts. The Fabulous Rujos beat the Heart Foundation. We see the Heart Foundation at the end of the show. Uh-huh. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior uh, beat Greg Valentine. Uh, Demolition defeated the Powers of Pain. And the Brainbusters defeated the Rockers. I'm sure that was a great match. Wish I could see that somewhere. Right. Brutus Beefcake faced Mr. Perfect to a double DQ. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan defeated Dino Bravo in a flag match. So you, you're getting all the heavy hitters if you came to this taping. Mm-hmm. This was not like you obviously you're seeing Hogan, but you get everyone on this show. Correct. You're and so all the people in Milwaukee, all twenty thousand fans, by the way, because I read something that says attendance was twenty thousand. I was like, man, that is just too accurate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I well, said it was, it's, it was it was the well, it was a brand new Bradley Center. Vince even mentions it, the fifty million dollar Bradley Center. He says, yes, yes. So, anyways, um, but y- y- they're getting a, they're getting treated to a great show. I mean, you got Andre on the show, you got the Rujos against the Hart Foundation. I mean, mm-hmm. just. Up and down, you got Warrior on the card facing Greg Valentine. Just up and down, this is a great card. Just, I wish this was a house show that I could just go and sit and watch. Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, the two matches on the show are the Mega Powers versus the Twin Towers mm-hmm. and Ted DiBiase versus Hercules. So those are your two matches. And, of course, as was kind of common, both with Saturday Night's main event and the main event, the main event, no pun intended, was first on the card or second because they didn't want Hogan to be on super late for people watching later or whatever, but this was the the first match. When as a kid, it always struck me as weird when Hogan wasn't last during a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, as you go back and look at house show results, a lot of the times he was kind of the intermission main event. And then, yeah, and 
if if and also Saturday night's main event would take place over Saturday night live. So right. it, was, it was an hour and a half show. So if you watch Saturday night live, all the big skits are usually front loaded because sure. a, a lot of people start to tap out towards the back end of the show. Mm-hmm. So what they do, I guess that's a Dick Ebersol special apparently <laughs> from NBC. Yep. You know it. And so they kind of front loaded. They did the same thing. They followed that Saturday night live formula that, mm-hmm. you know, they front loaded the show and, you know, cause like if you go back to one of the Saturday night's main events, Andre headbutted Hogan, you know, that happened at the first part of the show, you know? And yeah, so definitely. there was, it was always front loaded, uh, just like it Saturday night live. It had to be for sure. Uh, so the show kicks off with Vince doing a voiceover talking about the mega power story. And it's a theme of kind of spinning newspapers, with yes. headlines of all this the Twin Towers sneak attack. And at one point during like this build they show they tried to handcuff Elizabeth. I'm like, oh my God, poor Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> all this stuff. Uh then of course the classic theme song hits over this that it that everybody knows from Saturday night's main event in the main event. And we see the uh Twin Towers, the Mega Powers, Hercules, Million Dollar Man, basically telling everyone who's tuning in, this is what you're gonna see tonight. You know, and I think Eric and I talked about this on our main event show. It'll be it would be hard for current WWE AEW to make an appointment viewing show like this, like a, not a Dynamite or a Raw or a SmackDown, but a special event show. Mm-hmm. Like AEW's done a couple of those battle those belts, but that's taped. Yes, it's got to be live, and it has to be on NBC or Fox or CBS, and it have to be a legit main event. Like you would need, I think I talked about. Like Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns for the championship on free TV live. I'm yeah. like to make it a big appointment viewing thing. Correct. It just doesn't happen nowadays. That appointment viewing. It. I mean, you just mentioned at the beginning of the show. This show drew 19.9 million viewers. Last night's Raw drew two million, and right. that's a success for them. And it, mm-hmm. there's so much that goes into it. You know, a lot of people may have stank eye on wrestling nowadays. Where back then, this was like. You know, you were all wrapped up into what was going on with Savage, Liz, and Hogan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I know we're not going to get 20 million people to watch it because, one, there's a million entertainment options, different way of viewing things and all that. But you could get 6 million, maybe, to watch a wrestling big show, correct. maybe. You yeah, know? you could. So, uh, anyway, we go back. We're live at the Bradley Center. We get the classic wide shot. And, again, Vince mentions the $50 million Bradley Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <sighs> We're with Vince and Jesse. They are kind of facing hard cam, not in the traditional announcer's area, facing the ring. Uh, Jesse Ventura has a giant bow and a pink flamingo shirt. Uh, Vince is in his classic tuxedo, and he says that Miss Elizabeth is the Mega Power's ace in the hole. So there you go. Uh, after we're, we have a quick commercial break and we're back, and we go backstage, Mean Gene Oakland is with the Twin Towers and Slick. And as a kid, I loved Mean Gene. As an adult, I love him more because he's kind of an asshole. Oh, <laughs> he just doesn't care at all about the heels. Like, he takes no guff. You can watch me and Gene Okerlund highlights over and over, and you would never get sick of him. Mm-hmm. He's one in a million, and he was just a amazing interviewer. He was professional. He had the voice. He had the look. He's like, I don't mind telling you. No, that's, um, no, I don't mind telling you was, what's his name? Lee Marshall. It was Gene <laughs> Okerlund's, like, talking about... Uh, what was his favorite? What was one of his catchphrases? Um, uh, not nine, we, call the hotline nine hundred nine ninety nine hundred whatever it is. <laughs> that was one of them. <laughs> yeah, he he had a bunch of them, but he has uh, Slick because he's with the Twin Towers and Slick. Twin Towers, by the way, are the big boss man and Akeem, the African Dream. He has Slick. What do you want? Slick doesn't really answer what he's what they want by <laughs> attacking the Mega Power so much. He does say that three men are better than two. And this entire time during this promo, Akeem is doing his African dream dance, which I just love. It just it just cr- cracks me up every time I see it. Have you watched that video where he's doing that in front of like a barrel of fire? Yes, where he's like his debut or whatever. Yeah, where he's or, just dancing in front of the barrel of, oh, dude, I love it. It's great stuff, man. No, you, definitely not okay in today's standards and all that stuff. <laughs> for his white guy to act like a black guy, but it's, you know, either way. Right. Uh, so this is the type of interview that would get you hyped before the match starts. Like, again, we're going back to you and, and Scott, you know, crisscross applesauce in front of the TV. Right. 
watching being pumped and like okay let's hogan's coming out like let's get excited you know literally getting pumped to go probably got maybe some action figures in front of you Mm -hmm. but you're ready to go yep um so what i kind of want to do is go back a little bit now sure i I mentioned in 1987 it was the formation of the mega powers so this is almost a year and a half in the making were mm-hmm. because in 1987 that Saturday night's main event that I had mentioned earlier that happened in October much the whole Hogan Andre screw job you know the facelift of the referee that all happens in February they all build up to WrestleMania 4 Macho wins it now mm-hmm. I do want to say Bruce Pritchard did say one time that they had WrestleMania 4 to build up to WrestleMania 5 so th- they basically knew ahead of time that Macho was going to win and WrestleMania 5 was going to be Macho and Hogan. And it's they, possible. I also don't believe a word Bruce Pritchard says about anything, but that's oh, just me. No, I'm just joking. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing because when you look back, it's definitely, you can definitely see like, yeah, that's where that everything, everything was laid out. Bricks were laid out. Yes. From WrestleMania 4 to 5. Like you could see it. It all worked out. Yep. And it, and you know what? That's beautiful storytelling that you don't get much of nowadays. I think yeah, we'll see what happens um, with the new kind of regime in WWE because I think a lot of times there'd be impatience, and I think a lot of times wrestling promoters might think that wrestling fans aren't smart enough to follow stories or be patient. Yeah, but to me, that's kind of BS because. Fans of television now, whether you're watching Game of Thrones or Stranger Things or or whatever, you're looking for little things to 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 find, you know, mm-hmm. as you're watching a story develop. So yep. I kind of wish they do that, and AEW d- does do that a little bit, and they have done that with certain stories. Uh, nothing that's been like a year drawn out, right? But hopefully WWE starts doing that too, you know. And I think they they might. We'll we'll see. So Hogan and Macho. After they, that whole 1987 thing happened, Hogan and Savage started teaming up with actually Jim Duggan on house shows as a six-man tag that would take on King Kong Bundy, Rick Rude, and Harley Race. I okay. Thought, I thought that was kind of interesting. It uh, is. Uh, but anyways, that all led to WrestleMania four, which then developed into you know the storyline of a year out to WrestleMania five. When you were going to wrestling shows as a kid, uh-huh. was your town considered like an A-town? Was Hogan main eventing your shows? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he was here too because we were in Chicago, so he's doing the Rosemont Horizon. He would basically go from Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Chicago. Kind of That would be the, kind of the path they would take. And then the B show, like, you know, with Duggan headlining would be in like Fort Wayne, Indiana, or like Peoria, Illinois. It's kind of like Southern like that. So uh, Correct. Yeah, cool. out here it was... Uh, Sacramento, San Francisco, and Oakland were the A-towns. And then mm-hmm. you would go down to kind of like Bakersfield, which is about four hours south of here. Mm-hmm. And that would be the B-shows. Yeah. Well, good. hey, good on us. Sorry if you were a B-town, guys. <laughs> A-town. <laughs> hey, all A-town over here. You know, some B-towns got Bulldogs versus Heart Foundation as their main event, so... Lucky you That's guys. That's true. Lucky you, you know, guys. Well, you know, I thought we could have headlined better than Hogan. You know, we liked our matches way better. Man, oh, Hogan man. Hogan was, Hogan was always going about seven minutes. You know, Bulldogs yeah. and Heart Foundation, 26 minutes. Yeah, people would say, I, I remember the Heart Foundation. <laughs> you know, even though Davey was on crack, it's okay. It's all good. <laughs> Anyway, we're we're back. Let's get we'll get to we'll get to Bretton get to Bretton Hogan's confrontation later, which happens on this show, by the way. <laughs> uh, so the anyway, we're back we're back at the Bradley Center. Uh, the team comes out to the classic Jive Soul Brawl with the classic Big Block WWF logo entrance. Yes, love that. It's simple. It draws your attention to it. You don't need a giant stage. Sometimes less is more. Exactly. Now, I'm guessing this wasn't on the Peacock version. So Vince says, we now have a special video about friendship. Um, and this, not on Peacock, I'm guessing, right? Uh, no, I didn't see that. Oh, okay, because this was on the original broadcast. Because it's a it's a, um, an issue with, I'm sure, music copyrights. So all it is is basically a bunch of clips of the Mega Powers to the song You're a Friend of Mine by Clarence Clemens and Jackson Brown. So go back, go back and look it up on YouTube if you guys can. Random. You're a friend of mine, Clarence Clemens Jackson Brown. It's 
very cheesy, pretty subpar for how great most WWE video packages are have been over the years. But you know, it was a nice nice for me to see. See, these are these are the little tidbits that I love on PPW podcast. You guys aren't always just hey, remember this? No, you guys we mainly are. No, no, not 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 bad, not not great, not terrible. Is what people say. <laughs> <laughs> but well, those people don't know what they're talking about because that's did, fair. I enjoy that's this fair. show immensely. Thank you, pal. We're gonna go backstage now to our friend Mean Gene Oakland again. He was with the Mega Powers and a. And the first thing I thought when I saw this picture, I'm like, oh man, this is the Mega Powers 2-pack right in front of me. <laughs> yep. Like right here. Yep. It's great. The I know. robe, everything. I know. So so stoked to get that in hand now. It's, yeah. it's gonna. I think sometime in December, it's uh, it's the thing, right? Something like that? Yeah, something like that. And that's a ringside exclusive, right? It's not going to be any retail? No think. retail. It's all ringside exclusive. Hmm. That seems kind of like a... I don't want to get too into it, but I feel like everyone should get that. Like Big Bad Toy Store should get that. You know, Amazon, Mattel Creations. That should be everywhere for everybody. I agree with you, but we don't make that call, right? That's true. We do not. Um, (laughs) I mean, granted, Ringside's been in business WWE for decades, so they're going to get a little, little push over some of these new new kids in town. Correct. The Macho Man says the Twin Towers are going down, which kind of made me go, hmm, it doesn't hold up as well. Uh, Hulk Hogan says that Liz will lead us, lead us to the ring, and Macho's kind of like looking at him, hmm, uh, because they also, in this promo, Hogan talks about love, and he says, the way Hulk Hogan loves Elizabeth, and then Macho gives him the, hmm, like, yep. you know, what the hell was that look? Yep. But then Hulk covers it up like like a brother loves a sister. Like, yep. Okay. Little little creep, Hogan. You're trying to be like the cool best friend who sneaks in when he breaks up with his girlfriend, you know? <laughs> we know what you're doing, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, come on, Terry. What's, yeah. what's the plan here? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they eventually, they come on out, but they come out to Hogan's music, they which did. I thought was kind of crap. Um, If I'm not mistaken, they they kind of mixed it up a little bit between the two during big events, didn't they? They so Survivor Series, they would use Hogan's. Yeah, SummerSlam, they would use Savage. They I, thought, sh- I thought they mixed yeah, it but up. They, that's fine, but they shouldn't mix it up at all. Macho's the champ; he should get his music over everybody, over Hulk. Sorry, Hulk. Like I love Real American. The crowd does too because they go apeshit. And what's cool, we mentioned all the dark matches. The crowd is still like hot as hell for this match. You think they'd slow down a little bit? No, they are ready to go. They're pumped, and ready so, to go. This is. Main event. Exactly. So they've already sat through seven matches, according mm-hmm. to what Wikipedia, because we haven't been there. We haven't seen the video. But at match eight, that's usually when a crowd kind of starts to fade a little bit. Yes. This, this crowd was going bonkers. when There yeah. was one spot I remember where they were, it was right at the beginning, they clothesline Bossman over. Bossman almost catches his head or neck around that bottom rope, which is mm-hmm. always scary to me. Uh, but boss man, you know, falls to the floor and the crowd just loses their minds. They go apeshit. It was just like crazy. And I was like, this is what WCW crowds used to be like, you know, that's, this is what I love is seeing, seeing crowds like this still hyped after seven matches and match eight, they're ready to go. Yes. The the match starts off, um, Hulk, when it starts off, Macho and Hulk are hugging it off. Like, it's kind of weird, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a little pre-match conference with Elizabeth, Hogan, Macho, and Elizabeth, and Jesse's furious. She doesn't know anything about wrestling, McMahon. What are they talking to her about? He's all <laughs> furious about it. Uh, uh, then Macho Man starts it off with the big boss man, but the boss man calls out Hogan. And what's funny is this is fat big boss man. Uh-huh. And I grew up with in shape big boss man more so mm-hmm. so fat big boss man leaves me a little unsettled like even his hasbro like the fat boss man hasbro i wasn't a fan of i'm really happy he got an upgraded version like, listen i lost the weight guys at hasbro let's let's get a new mold for me and they did so i was happy about that well it, it kind of switching over to figures if you notice hasbro always kind of did a redo they did yeah. it, they did it with beefcake they did it with boss man so, and i guess to a certain extent you could say sean michaels because I, I know what they were going for for the Shawn Michaels rockers, but then they came mm-hmm. out with what we got for Shawn Michaels, and it was so much better. So sure. they always did a redo on people that they may have—I don't want to say botched, but they messed, may have messed up the first time. 
Yeah, but even but the boss man wasn't messed up. That's what he looked like at the time of that figure. Oh, I right? hated that figure. So did I, but that's what he looked like. He's just a big goop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Uh, anyway, hey, the boss you... man calls out Hogan. Macho says he's got this, but Hogan gets the tag anyway. So, again, little, mm, little, little goofy. So for me as a kid, I was Team Hogan for pretty much everything. Correct. And. As an adult now, I'm definitely more macho, but were you a Hulkamaniac? A Hulkamaniac? Oh, Hulkamaniac? Big time, man. Big time yeah. Hulkamaniac. I remember going to the Oakland Coliseum, and it was the main event, speaking of house shows, main event, was Hogan and Kamala. And yeah. I, I think I may have told this story before on this show, or I've told it before anyway, somewhere. And I remember I had my little American flag, and we were sitting up kind of on the incline, and I'm like, Hulk Hogan's going to see me. And, you know, I'm waving my American <laughs> flag and he's like way down on the floor. I'm like, he doesn't see me. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> he probably pointed. <laughs> he probably <laughs> did. <laughs> but to answer your question, yeah, huge Hulkamaniac when I was a kid. It was all was about. Was your brother, was your older brother one or was he kind of tease you for being a Hulkamaniac? No, Scott was, Scott never really teased me about who I liked. Maybe a little bit on the Rock and Roll Express, but not too mm-hmm. much. Um no, because Scott and I really liked the same people. I yeah. li- I liked Savage. Um, Scott loved Savage. Scott liked Hogan. I loved Hogan. Um, yeah. I think the only diff- biggest difference in people that we liked and, you know, kind of ho-hum on was really Bret Hart. Like, I'm a huge Bret Hart fan. Scott's like, eh, I like Bret. You know, that kind of thing. He's, yeah, he's cool. You know, yeah, you know, I always like Jeff better than Scott before he pulls blood anyway. So, you know. <laughs> what are you doing your nails impression, by the way? Oh, God. <laughs> That's only reserved for Chad, Horror Movie Barbecue. Ah. Who was great in your show? Who was great in your show, by the way? So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Maybe if we look back at like Survivor Series 92 or something like that, we'll, we'll do a nails impression. I think. Or I think, SummerSlam. I think nails is going to be coming up at the end of the show. I'll get you to do it. But go ahead. Okay. 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 Uh, anyway, we're talking about fat boss, man, and all that stuff. <laughs> this match starts off hot. Like you mentioned, the crowd's going nuts. Hogan's got big punches, big atomic drop. Um, boss man falls out of the ring after the atomic drop. Moss, boss man gets attacked from behind from Macho Man. Macho Man jumps off the apron. The crowd's just going nuts. Uh, the towers, they get together for a strategy. Uh, Jesse does mention on commentary that Hogan's taking all the, all the glory, McMahon. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, kind of. But, you know, you're a team. You want to win. Uh, eventually, Macho gets the hot tag, gets a big double axe handle. Uh, after, the, the, I would say the first, like, four minutes, five minutes, it's all Hogan and Macho, which is kind of interesting for around that time. Normally, the baby face has got about a minute or two, but maybe they just said, screw it. Like, the crowd's going nuts. Let's go with this is for a little bit longer here. Yeah. Because they're losing their damn mind. Oh, the, <laughs> we talked about that crowd already. They were It hot. was great. It was awesome. Uh, eventually the twin towers get back power back in their favor due to some you know trickery by slick and all that Bossman hits a big spine buster and hulk's in trouble um macho's trying to get the crowd into it let's go hulk hogan 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 but he's getting his ass kicked uh, eventually there is a hot t- legit hot tag to macho man and he climbs the top rope and you're thinking oh here comes a double axe handle but he does a cross body which i don't know if i've ever seen macho do a cross body since then no like he's he's elbows and double axe handles um, he finally gets Akeem down, the ref's back was turned, and Slick nails Macho with the boss man's nightstick. And around here is kind of when we start to go, all right, shit's about to go down. Like, <laughs> I didn't remember the exact point when this happened, but when it did, you're like, there's an audible, like, volume change in the, the arena. Because everyone's so happy, so pumped. We're going to see the mega powers kick some butt. Like, you're not thinking anything else big's going to happen here. Right. Um, Because Akeem throws the Macho Man hard over the rope, and he lands on top of Liz, like knocks her out. Like Mm -hmm. it's not a little fake bump. Liz took it. Like Macho's probably, we're going to do this, Liz. You're going to take the bump. Yeah, it's okay. I'll protect you. (laughs) So Macho Man is, you know, he's down. Hulk comes out looking concerned. He keeps checking on Liz. Macho doesn't look happy, and he points at Hulk like, what the fuck, dude? Like, we got a match going on here. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. He's pointing to him. Yep. Macho goes back in the ring. He's getting his ass kicked. Hulk is doing his, oh, oh, brother, oh, brother, oh, brother. He's all sweaty and, <laughs> you know, hot doggy skin, greasy. 
Hulk picks her up and starts walking her to the back. Macho is in the background. Again, like, dude, what the fuck? Like, we have a match going out here. Like, and kudos to Liz for her acting like a dead fish. Yes. I would just be giggling the whole time if I was told to do what Liz had to do here. <laughs> you mean be carried by Hogan like that? Yeah, exactly. I'd, imagine she's probably like, oh my God, he's so gross. <laughs> imagine how bad he smelled when she's, he's picking her up. <laughs> Mustache sweat getting all over. Oh, no. Oh, Okay, so, so they get to the, the entryway and Hulk gets her on the gurney and the paramedics are there. Okay, that should be it. Hulk should walk back to the ring. She's in the hands of professionals now. Yes. There's nothing more you can do, Hulk. But he's not. Hulk is bringing her backstage, walking her through the area. Like, what are you doing here? And in the background, I saw the Heart Foundation. Like, Brett and the Anvil were looking. Oh, well, you know, we, were, we wanted to leave, but we had to be here for a stupid angle at the end. You know? <laughs> wrestled second, wrestled 20 minutes with the Rougeos. It was a good match, but, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. When you were rewatching, first off, do you remember at all, like when you were you were watching this live, like, oh man, like this is crazy? And then second, what do you think rewatching it? So originally when it happened, you kind of, as you get older, I'm now 10 years old and kind of starting to see how wrestling is wrestling and how wrestling works, you know? And yeah. you kind of saw the subtle hints, but you didn't think anything of it. And then you kind of saw that it was going to happen, like especially after Royal Rumble, because uh, Hogan eliminated, who was it? Bad News Brown and Macho? Yeah. At the Rumble. And then that yep. was part of like, that was kind of one of those, okay, they might be leading to a breakup, you know, that type mm -hmm. of thing. So when the big event two happens or the main event two happens, you kind of had an inkling that, something may go down and when you saw hogan walk away with liz you're kind of like oh and then macho's in the back like pointing like what the hell are you doing you know we have a match you just walk away yeah you know what the hell are you doing brother you know stuff like that you kind of was like okay here it is this is the point where it's now going to switch or go into an angle between macho and hogan so when hogan gets back there I remember looking at the uh, the paramedic guy or whatnot, and he wasn't. I don't know. He wasn't acting. He was checking her blood pressure. He wasn't doing anything. <laughs> I know he wasn't really. He was just kind of like a there, you know. I'm like, this guy isn't really that good at his job, you know, that type of thing. But mm -hmm. but then I'm thinking, okay, Macho's still getting the beatdown from the Twin Towers out in the ring. Why isn't Hogan getting back out there? Because like you said. He's she's now there's nothing Hogan can do now, you know, she's yeah, you know, she's injured. But, you know, the paramedic who doesn't who feels the need to take her blood pressure knows what he's well, doing. Well, she's unconscious, by the way. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like, let's take your blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so like anyways, you kind of see the writing on the wall right there, because as I said, I was 10. Scott's 15 at that time. We're starting to kind of piece everything together with the way wrestling works. And mm -hmm. so. You kind of, you're like, okay, this is going to lead to a new thing. Going back and rewatching it, I just admire the the whole thing. You know, just the whole story behind it. I've watched this and seen this so many times of, you know, the, the backstory telling of Macho and Hogan and just everything from 87 to now, or to this show, I should say. And yeah, it's, I, I think... it's just such great storytelling, you know, and it's one of those things that you just miss. It is. And one of the things I want to, I want to do someday I'll do it is I, I love whether it was intentional or not, the story arc of Macho Man Randy Savage from WrestleMania four to WrestleMania eight, like his rise and fall and then rise again mm -hmm. to the championship. It's such a great story with everything that happened to him. Like he's got like these pillars. He's got, of course, the championship and then he loses it at five when he, you know, loses his way and you know, ends up winning the King of the Ring and then get Miss Sensational Sherry and all that stuff and then gets reunited with Liz at, in 91 after one of the best matches of all time, WrestleMania 7, mm -hmm. and gets married and he's retired. He's going to go off into the sunset, but he's pulled back in because that bastard, Jake the Snake Roberts, and eventually through happenstance and through circumstances because of Hogan and Sid having a feud, he gets the title shot at WrestleMania 8 and he wins the WWF Championship. So it's, it's a four-year story that happened to him that wasn't really you know played out on purpose on tv but if you go back and watch it it's it's awesome and it's it's pretty cool that he got to do it and again one day i'm going to go back and 
deep dive on that. But I, I for forget, now, we're going to stay here in 89. I forget who said this, and I can't remember which podcast I heard this on. But if you look at Macho's opponents throughout the WrestleMania years, like look at WrestleMania 3, he faces Steamboat. Four, he defeats DiBiase in the finals. Mm-hmm. Five, he faces Hogan. Six, he's in a match against Dusty Rhodes. Seven, he's got Ultimate Warrior. Eight, he's against Ric Flair. Um, and I, I know he was commentary at nine, but 10, he even faced Crush. I mean, like he was facing some big names at Mania. Yeah, definitely. And I think, and then Lanny Poffo's brother said that he, he, one of the reasons he left WWF because he wanted to do a storyline culminating in a match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And like Vince, uh, cause he saw Sean being like, this is going to be the guy. And he just said, Vince is like, no, you're going to, you know, be the Babe Ruth ambassador. And of course, Vince was wrong about that. And Macho Man had many good years left. Um, but yeah, what, what could have been, I guess, you know, what could have been. So we're back in 1989. We're back at the Bradley center and Hulk is shouting, oh, somebody help us. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Help us. Jesus. <laughs> and then we go to commercial and we're back from commercial. And in the ring, Macho Man's still getting his ass kicked. So this, right. By the way, this match is a 22-minute match. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of Macho getting his ass kicked while Hulk, you know, hanging out backstage. And uh, again, because I had the unedited live broadcast, Hulk is kind of praying. They go back to the camera and Hulk's kind of praying like, oh, oh, oh. he's saying, oh, thank God you're alive. Oh, thank. And then he's trying to mumble to the producer, what's his time? I need a countdown or something. Not realizing he's live on TV. So the TV broadcast I have, it's him saying, oh, I need tis on. I need a countdown, brother. And then they must have said we're on. So the second they're on, he really clicks into gear. He's like, oh, oh, what's going on? Oh, Liz, you're here. You're here. And then Liz wakes up and she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, where's Randy? He's like, oh, he didn't mean it. She goes, go back. Even Liz is like, dude, Randy's getting his ass kicked probably. Go back to the match. So Hulk is back in the ring. Jesse Ventura is, of course, blaming Elizabeth for this whole, for this whole scenario. <laughs> and let's get to the thing you talked about earlier. So I had to rewind this. So the big boss man and Akeem both go hit the rope at the same time. For <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming some type of splash on Macho Man. But Akeem just falls through the middle rope. Like, you have to go back and watch it. Like, I... like. He just falls like the rope wasn't even there. Like poor Akeem. You can he find it. It's so hard. You can find it on YouTube. You can see it. But like, he, like one, one, one second he's perpendicular. Next thing you know, he's like horizontal, just falling. Yeah. Through the side. <laughs> it's, it's like head, literally head, head over heels. Just like, whoa. So quick question for you. Where did you get the unedited version of this? Oh, there's, uh, there's people that groups, I mean, that sell original broadcasts. So I have, original broadcasts of all the WrestleMania, like from WrestleMania's uh, three and up. Because three, I believe, when they started on pay-per-view, very limited. Mm-hmm. So having the countdown shows, having the broadcast and all that stuff. So they're just out there. It, it, it survived from the tape trading days. And uh, people just kept digital copies and then some made them on DVD and all that stuff too. So okay. just got to know where to look. They're, they're out there. It's not hard, too hard to find. Oh, um, all right. It just, you know, it's just for someone like me, that's a crazy person. And like our friend, Nate ring skirts, like we want the original music. We want the original logos. We want all this stuff. And, and I get it because copyright things happen and those expire and you can't use everything. Correct. I'm a little worried about, I was talking with someone about, I think Nate. So Jesse Ventura was on talk as Jericho a few weeks back. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how he had a deal with Vince in WWE, he won in court for royalties for using his voice yes. on all the home videos he was on. Yep. But he goes, but now that they sold their library to Peacock, he goes, I'm not getting paid. He goes, so I'm having my attorneys look into that. I'm like, oh shit. What if Peacock's like, we'll just edit your voice out. Oh, I'm how- like, think, like, I don't know if it'll happen, but it's entirely possible. I wonder right. how much Jesse would be asking for in royalties. I mean, probably whatever his deal was with Vince in WWE, like whatever's fair. He seems like a crazy, reasonable person from Minnesota. But um, I don't know if you remember some of those uh, like best of WrestleMania DVDs and VHS sets they released back in the 90s. They overdubbed some of those matches. Like it would be Gorilla Monsoon and like Lord Al in the studio mm-hmm. re-commenting over Hogan Andre. Correct. Stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I'm a little concerned 
that that happens. Hopefully, Jesse's lawyers, it takes forever for it to happen, but it's possible where Peacock tells Jesse, okay, we'll just mute your voice out, you know? So yeah. we'll see. Hopefully they don't. Yeah, hopefully they don't for sure. It's very convenient for all of us to watch those things. Uh, anyway, Akeem's, you know, flips over the head over there. <laughs> uh, Randy's making a comeback. He doesn't need that jerk Hogan to help him. <laughs> Hogan wants a, Hogan's, you know, he wants the tag. Macho, like, is pissed and the crowd, you can kind of feel the tension here. Like, oh shit, like this is about to happen. Slaps Hogan across the face. Now, the crowd had not really gathered all the information we've seen as the home viewers. They kind of boo. They're a little pissed, but really, they should be pissed at Hulk for abandoning his teammate, right? Well, as an adult, yes. But as a kid, you're like, no, just, hey, just be cool. Let's just, you know, go about our day and beat the Twin Towers and then, you know, do a pose down, send the crowd home happy. Don't you worry. Randy grabs his belt, gets the hell out of there. Um, to go back, I guess, to yell at Liz, and he does. Uh, Hulk has to Hulk up, hits his big boot, leg drop, one, two, three. We go, I think there's another commercial break at this point now, and then Hogan bails out of the ring, so he didn't pose. I wonder if he did after the dark match. I wonder if Hulk posed. <laughs> he had to. He had to, right? You'd be pissed if you show up to the show and you didn't get the Hulk and pose down. After DiBiase and Hercules leave the ring, he comes back out oh, and yeah. starts posing. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan, he's backstage. To see what the hell the deal is, he's screaming, Macho Man! Like, he doesn't know where he is. Like, you know where he went. Like, you just walked this path. Go go find him, you know? <laughs> Meanwhile, Macho is yelling at Elizabeth, who's on the gurney, like it's her fault or something. Yes. Uh, Macho blames Hulk for all this. And this is where you're like, okay, Macho is being kind of a dick here. Like, mm-hmm. He fell on Liz. She shouldn't have been out there in the first place if she wasn't happening, or if she wasn't prepared. Hulk shows up, and this is, I think, the part now when most of us, when we watch, we think of wrestling shows, we remember this part. Hulk shows, they're, again, they're in the quote-unquote medical area, which is basically just a gurney where, maybe it was where they looked wrestlers, I don't know. Uh, Hulk shows up, Macho gets in his face, tell him he's got jealous eyes. Not jealous for Liz, but he's jealous that he's the number one in the mega powers, and Macho is the best. You can't beat the Macho Man. So he's saying, you you know, if you want to challenge me for this belt, that's okay. I would beat you one, two, three. That'd be fine. But what you're doing is those eyes have lust for Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. So the question needs to be asked now. Did Hulk have lust in his eyes for Elizabeth? Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> not even hesitation. 100%. No, no hesitation, dude. He was, he was a jacked up, steroided up dude that... You know, wanted a Liz, of course. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so eventually what happens is um, Hogan, uh, is this, yeah, Hogan nails, or I'm sorry, Macho Man nails Hogan with the belt. And then they fall into a table with all those throat popsicles. They go everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Liz is going, oh, Randy, like Randy. with her shriek, you know, her yep. Virginia accent or West Virginia, wherever she's from. Uh, again, this probably isn't on your version, but I mind Bruce Beefcake shows up too early in the frame. But then, they, then he backs out. <laughs> no, I, so I did see Beefcake show up, but I didn't know he yes. showed up too early. Yes, he shows up too early. <laughs> and then this is the part where I audibly went, holy crap. Macho grabs Liz and physically throws her out of the frame. Oh, like, he, dude, like, he what are we doing here? He chucked her, dude. Like, I see, that's funny. I remember, I thought it was just a gentle shove. But yeah. when I went back and watched it today, I was like, holy crap, he just threw her. Like, Mm-hmm. Like he was whipping her into the ropes, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Wanna... There was like a mattress or something for her to land on because he just gave her the old toss, like she's a sack of potatoes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I do want to say, and so we all know that Hogan is notorious for telling fables and fibs and stuff like that, right? No, not Hulk, the guy who was originally the original bass player for Metallica, Hulk Hogan. Uh, I thought he was supposed to be in before Newstead. No, or he was, was supposed to be like the original, like b- before Cliff. Oh, before Cliff? Oh. Yeah. I thought it was before Newstead. I thought it was after Cliff passed away. Anyways. Um, and then it, there was the one where he gave tickets to some kid at SummerSlam 92. Tickets mm-hmm. to the front row. <laughs> Even though Hogan wasn't in the WWF at that time. <laughs> right. And he didn't see him in the front row. And he's like, brother, little kid went to heaven. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And but, they made a song about about his Hulk Hogan album for WCW, the CD. Remember that? Yes, I do, dude. It was, oh, my God. Dude. But anyways, Hogan did say, and now 
you always have to take what Hogan says with a grain of salt. But Hogan did say that he got a concussion from Macho nailing him with the belt. He also Hogan also said he broke his neck when Undertaker gave him the tombstone in Survivor Series 91, even though his head was six feet off the ground. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he said that Savage gave him a concussion. Mm-hmm. And it looked like, when you go back and you watch it, it looked like Savage pretty much protected him. So I... Don't believe Hogan got a concussion on that one. Macho's a pro. Macho's oh, he a is. Pro. He is. Uh, so Beefcake does show up now. Correct. He's back, and he uh, gets his ass kicked by Macho Man. Correct. So good for him. <laughs> and then we've got some agents in there. Uh, Macho Man throws Pat Patterson his giant red blazer the hell out of there. He threw Patterson lighter than he threw Liz. <laughs> well, you got to remember, Liz did weigh less than Patterson, so she probably he probably didn't <laughs> know how hard he threw her. No, he just... I mean, I'm not defending Macho here. He just, I love Macho. There's no defending Macho in this situation. Like, Correct. Both both bad guys here, Hogan and Macho. Liz is the innocent one. She didn't do anything. <laughs> so one other thing that I do want to point out that uh, 10-year-old Jeff, 9-year-old Jeff, whatever at this time, when Hogan hit that tray, yeah, I was so afraid that there were needles on it. Yeah. And I was afraid that some of the needles popped up and were going to land on Hogan like a cartoon. You know, the needles just yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, That's awesome. I was like so afraid. I'm like, oh, 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 you know, and okay, he's safe. Okay, now he's that'd getting make, his ass beat by Macho, so he's not really that safe. So <laughs> that'd make me nervous. So <laughs> All right, we go to commercial after that whole scene, which I, I like need a cigarette after that whole thing. You're like, like this is crazy i don't even smoke but you're like oh man there's a lot of stuff that just happened in this little 45 minute show like so much has happened you know Correct. one angle it's awesome yep and hercules comes out for the match and nobody cares uh vince and jesse are still talking about hulk and macho and liz uh backstage mean gene oakland is with a doctor and brutus beefcake and hogan and Hogan, gene says hogan doesn't want to talk yet because of his mental state he's got like an ice pack or something on his face you know like you went to the nurse's office in grammar school yep. that's kind of what he has on his head uh ted dibiase comes down with no music makes him seem like a loser like i forgot teddy without the money 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 song it's not great it's uh, yeah it needed that theme he does have the green hasbro coat though so yep more hasbro references here the upgrade like you said to get a little the next teddy figure he didn't need one but they gave him one so that was awesome uh, they didn't they didn't need to give him the green one but i'm glad they did unfortunately mm-hmm. they I was not a fan of his third one with the spring punch arm and the light blonde hair. Yeah, and I don't think anybody was. Maybe Ted was like, give me lighter hair. My hair is too dark in the figure. And they went overboard with it. I did like the the, 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 having a ring gear Ted, though. That was nice to have. He just wanted royalty checks. That's all he wanted. Sure, sure. Uh, Matt starts off. Hercules is cleaning house and kicking ass. Gets a big press slam. Uh, One thing I noticed is Ted is really selling for Hercules here. Like, eventually, like, bouncing all over the place. And... When you go back and watch some of these matches with DiBiase, you realize how good he was. Uh, not only from you know his heel work and all that stuff and his promos, but really good in the ring for making guys look awesome. So yeah, he made stuff. He made Warrior sell. Uh, he sold for Warrior so well. Uh, he did mm-hmm. that for quite a few people. So uh, if you go back and watch a lot of Money Inc. versus Steiners, I mean mm-hmm. the the Steiners are they have great moves a move set as it is, but Ted's selling of it just put it over the top i i I love ted dibiase selling so anyways yeah it's it's good stuff um the crowd's kind of dead here and honestly can you blame them like after after everything they've seen uh there is one point though where i like uh hercules gets ted in the torture rack lex luger style i was like ooh, i like that yep but then morella starts fiddling with the chain over in the corner yeah Yeah, because they were trying to use Hercules chain is a weapon. Correct. Yeah, Morella's, Morella's fiddling with the chain. So there's a distraction with Virgil and Ted wins by a roll up and holding the tights. Lots of booze. But this was this was just here. Like all anyone was stick staying with this show for was to see what's going on. You mm-hmm. know, we we go backstage to Hulk and his ice pack, and all you can say is Randy. That was like Randy. Randy, he makes grunts and noises. <laughs> well, this this is where my nails uh, comment comes in because <laughs> if you lis- if you listen to him, he's all, <laughs> you know, it sounds like nails. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, and eventually he runs out of the doctor's office, shouting Randy. Uh, also, I'm sure there's another commercial break. 
was well, he's looking for Randy because they're really doing the classic network TV. Like, let's keep you hooked for the last little bit here by shoving a bunch of commercials at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Mooney is here with our Mountain Dew Slam of the, the Night, <laughs> and they show uh, Jake the Snake Roberts in his DDT. So that was the Slam of the Night, we found out. Uh, Vince and Jesse are back to recap. Jesse says that Macho's the champion. Hulk's disgraceful. Vince is trying to defend Hulk, as he does. Uh, and then he's, and then Hogan now, this is my favorite part of the show. He's backstage opening and slamming doors like a jackass, throwing things all over the floor. He's in hallways. He opens up a door and he sees Jim the Anvil Nightheart and he hits him for no reason. Like, what the <laughs> hell? And he keeps walking and he sees Shawn Michaels and he chokes him. Uh-huh. And, and then he walks up to Bret Hart. He went to grab him, but Bret wasn't having it. Bret's like, no, you're not going to touch me, Terry. <laughs> Fuck you, Terry. Like, you're going to touch me. I said a match with the Rougeos. Like, I, I noticed that. Like, he didn't touch Bret. A little bit. He, he thought about it, but Bret wasn't having it, you know? Bret wanted nothing to do with it. He's all, I'm not in sell for you, Terry. Yeah, fuck you, Terry. And then they show Marty Jannetty, who's looking concerned as they go off the air with Hulk walking down the aisle, just not the aisle, just the hallway, just saying Randy over and over. And man, like this makes you want to see, okay, what the hell is happening next? When's the next show? Yep. Like this would leave me, I wouldn't be able to sleep like buzzing about this. It was, it was awesome. Now, do you remember anything about this? Like you said you're about I, three years younger. So. so I didn't watch this live. Um, I would definitely probably watch the superstars after. Okay. So I knew what happened. So I kind of knew, cause this is just a couple months before WrestleMania five. So I knew the build to WrestleMania five. Um, so I was too young to understand kind of like we mentioned appointment television. I just knew superstars is on Saturday mornings. That's okay. what I knew. Um, but I didn't know like this, this special event on, you know, f- Friday night. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I was in 89, I was five or six. Yeah, I was five. So I didn't know, but I did, you know, superstars and turtles and stuff. I was watching Saturday mornings, but and Ghostbusters and all that. So yeah, I definitely saw it all. And I just definitely, cause I would go back and watch the rent the tapes. So I knew Hogan and Macho were friends. But now I knew they were going to fight. And I was the, to me, that meant was, oh, Hogan's going to win the title again. So that made me happy. That's all I cared about. <laughs> yep. He kicks out of what? Well, how many elbow drops was it? Three, four? Or conse- Something like that. And consecutive Something at like WrestleMania that. 5. And then hulks up and hits Macho with the leg. And Hogan wins the, the winged eagle for the first time. Well, we talked about that. So technically, he had the winged eagle on the main event that is true uh, when he faced uh andre before yep. wrestlemania 4 he walked out with it he did and so it's funny too because in my memory i remember the belt looking different which technically it was it wasn't that 86 87 title mm-hmm. but for in my mind i guess my eight nine whatever year old mind i thought the winged eagle was debuted at wrestlemania 4 and i stand corrected it should have been, but again, we talked about this in our show. Hulk was like, all right, well, here's the thing, brother. Maybe Hulk Hogan should be the first champion to hold that belt, and then Macho can hold it second, dude. You know you know how it is, brother. I'm like, all right, whatever, Terry. Just take the belt. Nobody cares, <laughs> because it would make sense for it to debut at the tournament. Like, why wouldn't it, you know? Exactly, so. exactly. It's like when Austin won the belt, and then the following night, they gave him that big circular belt. Yeah, the Big Eagle belt. So, Is that what it's called? Yeah, Big Eagle. There's the Winged Eagle and the Big Eagle. Oh, the two differences. I didn't yeah. know that so was what it's called. You see, you learn something new every time on the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. You know, so this week, we've determined definitively that Hulk Hogan had lust in his eyes. He did. And really, that's, that was the whole point of the show to determine that. And we did it. So mission accomplished, I'd say. Oh, hell yeah, dude. We, we cracked the case. Definitely. All right. We do letter <laughs> grades. What letter grade are you going to give this, this nice hour-long, 45-minute main event show? Um, I've got to give it... I'm going to give it an A minus. Um, and the because min- of Hercules? Oh, the minus <laughs> is only because of that last match. And if you remember, I think it was on the the first big event or the main event or whatever they called it. They mm-hmm. did that Hogan and Andre thing first. And then the last match was, wasn't it like Bulldog, Bulldogs and something? No, the last match was Strike Force uh, versus the Heart Foundation. But you only saw like a couple minutes of it that's because right. they were they went over. That's and right. they were live. So they had an, a, a kind of a random throw-in match at the end and it's 
kind of like what what okay i guess this is what you guys are going with all right, all right. Yeah, um they should have they should have moved the rujos versus the heart foundation to the main event uh it kind of surprised me that they didn't i actually i would have gone warrior and valentine yeah send the crowd home happy for e- sure exactly IC championship yeah exactly and that way um you didn't have two tag matches you just had yeah you had one singles match like they did and then one tag match. So I would have moved Warrior, your IC champ, and Valentine to the last match. But anyways, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to give it an A just because to me, that match at the end is just like an extra little thing to have. It was it was basically background to the real story of the show. Like it was background to figuring out what was going to happen with Hogan. Yeah. You kind of had to have something there for the TV. You couldn't have no match. So it's fine to have a nothing match there at the end. So it's a solid A for me. It was awesome. And I would love to see that Rujo's Bret Hart Foundation match as well as the Brainbusters Rockers match that's on this card as well. So if there's they're out somewhere in the hidden gems or I'm gonna look around, maybe I can find it. Or if you know of those matches, let me know. Shoot us a note on Twitter at PPW Podcast. So uh that's gonna wrap up the show for this week. So Jeff, yes. it was fun co- talking to you to talk about this because oh. you were you were watching live. It was oh. awesome. It was oh, great it, to look back at someone that was there. Uh well I wasn't technically. You were there watching. <laughs> I was there watching. Yes, and you you were correct. There were wrestling figures in front of us. The, nice. The LJNs were in front of us. You're 100%. Snacks? You have snacks? Um, It, it was probably after snack time or dinner time. So, you know, we're, okay. we filled up on dinner knowing my parents. They probably got us a take and bake pizza. And nice. I, I, dude, it was always, if you guys do good, every Friday night you get take and bake pizza. As long as you do good in school and get good grades, you get take and bake pizza. What if one of you was good, one of you was bad? Um, the younger one or the Come older. Come on, Jeff, I set you up so well with that Simpsons reference and you just fumbled it. What, wait, what Simpsons reference? So it was the episode where Homer and Marge were going to parent-teacher conferences. And Homer says, if you guys are good, pizza. If you're bad, poison. And Bart goes, one of us is, or what if one of us is good, one of us is bad? Or Bart goes, poison pizza. <laughs> I don't remember Homer that says, one. Oh, no, I'm not making two stops. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't remember that. Dude, I, I've got to go back and just do a binge on The Simpsons. Yeah. I really Just do. start at season three and go. Season yeah. three to ten, just go. Yeah, just go. I, I do, man. But anyways, um, you are correct. The LJNs were in front of us. Snacks were probably still in the cupboard because it was past mm-hmm. dinner time. We ate pizza or whatnot. And just sitting there so, watching this. and it, it, I think what we should do is we did this over the pandemic when we watched the Hall of Fame. We did like a Zoom call with everybody. Uh-huh. I think we're going to do that again with the Saturday Night's main event, a couple episodes. I'll set it up because we got fall coming up. It's going to get cooler out here in the Midwest and where everyone else lives. It'd be nice out West Coast probably. Well, cold for you is like 60. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll set that up, I think. Maybe sometime after Clash at the Castle after All Out, when there's a little bit of a lull between now and Survivor Series, I think we're going to set it up. So are we gonna, watch your DMs for that. Are we going to record? No, we're just going to hang out and watch and have snacks. What? I just really want to have snacks. <laughs> no, and I'll watch a show together. Dude, why don't you just go to the cupboard and get snacks, man? <laughs> because I want to watch it with friends, Jeff. Oh. Watch with friends. That's the point. And we we're need, all do it together. And, and damn it, we need Crystal Pepsi. That's true. That's true. I think... Rad Chad, or not Rad Chad, uh, Horror Movie Barbecue Chad's probably got someone in his cupboard. I'm sure he does. That would not surprise me. <laughs> All right. Well, again, you could follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Fully Posable. And since he's the guest today, he's the only podcast buddy shout out. <laughs> so ah. on a regular show this week with Eric, uh, we'll do the full podcast buddies. But you can follow Jeff's show at Fully Posable. Again, every Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, they have a show out there for you. For the latest and greatest in wrestling figures and wrestling nostalgia and lots of fun brother banter back and forth with you and Scott. So, Jeff, man, thanks so much for coming. Anything else you want to plug really quick or talk about before we wrap up this tonight? No, I want to thank you for having me on, dude, because this was it was funny. You reached out yesterday and you said, hey, let's do a show. I'm like, "Okay, on what? And you're like the big event, two or main event, two or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, like I I don't hate this. <laughs> you know, there you I, go. So I want to thank you for kind of getting me to kind of go back and watch this and enjoy it. And I really did enjoy it going back and Good. rewatching this. I know it was on an edited version on Peacock and you have the live stream. Like yeah, it's all basically the same stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. But, um, 
but I want to thank you for getting me to go back and watch this. Now I want to go back and watch some other stuff on if I can find it on Peacock. So, yeah. Well, there's only been five of these main events. So now that I've done two on our show, we're going to just do the next couple ones too. So maybe I'll call you back for the three, four, and five. We'll do another guest spot. Maybe Eric too. We'll do a three, three-way show. Or Scott will jump on a four-way. That'll be... A little too intense for me, but we can try it. I'm always down Maybe for, for the main event four, all four of us can jump on. I think we should do that. I'm always down for a foursome. Perfect. All right. Awesome. <laughs> not, not not just golf. Guys, oh, thank oh, you everyone for oh, listening. Steve. Thanks for sticking Steve. with us while we were on a bit of a hiatus. I mentioned uh, Eric and I have been sick and we've had work stuff and all that. So we're all back and ready to go. Uh, Jeff was a guest host this week. Eric and I will have another show later this week. Uh, back to our regular show. Woohoo! Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. Jeff, thanks for coming on. Anytime. I'll see y'all next week.